Hailing frequencies open, and welcome to Star Trek Discoverage, the live podcast that boldly goes into excruciating detail about this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery. I'm your host, Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban, and my money was on Cybok. Joining me on the show, as usual, is my co-host. She's also the co-host of the Generations Geek Podcast, a more or less family-friendly celebration of geekdom on the Chronic Rift Network. It's Ella Pearson. Ella, welcome back. Hi, thank you. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> good. Uh, do you feel more whole and complete now that we had a chance to say goodbye to Ariam in the, in the right way? I do. I, <laughs> it was it was a good scene for me. Yeah, yeah. I feel better. Yeah. Uh, I always wonder about the procedures because we've seen a couple shipboard funerals uh, in Star Trek. And usually that's something like shooting them out of a torpedo tube or beaming them into space. <laughs> And uh, I know that we hold to tradition because it's like a Navy, but isn't that kind of like littering a little bit? <laughs> I can see shooting them on yeah. like uh, an uninhabited planet, but you wouldn't want somebody to run into uh, Ira Graves when he's out there or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and also it always makes me laugh when they get shot out of the torpedo tube. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like... <laughs> it is a little bit, yeah, it's a strange I, Yeah, tradition. right? <laughs> All right, well, uh, we can talk more about that in a little bit. Uh, also joining us once again on Discoverage, she's also a former guest on Enterprising Individuals. She's the co-host of the Just Enough Trope podcast, available on iTunes and at justenoughtrope.com. It's Mika and Hana. Mika, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Good to have you back. Uh, what is going on on Just Enough Trope right now? Well, we're really excited because uh, our 300th episode is coming up. So uh, it's something to celebrate. Um, and we're going to be uh, talking about news as well as uh, have a review of Jordan Peele's new movie, Us, which we're really excited about. Uh, us. Yeah. Okay, okay. Us. Yeah. And, uh, and a couple of other fun surprises that you'll just have to listen to, okay. to get. All right. That's a good tease. Uh, did you like his uh, first film? I did. Um, you know, we, uh, for whatever reason, didn't go out to see it in the theater and waited until it was available, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, home video or what have you. Sure. Home sure. video. I sound so old when I say that. But, um, <laughs> we got but... <laughs> on home video, but, uh, uh, yeah, eight millimeter and we, we put a exactly. projector up and yeah. Exactly. But you're not going to miss it this uh, time around though. No, no. We, we made... I uh, wish I had seen Get Out in the theater. Uh, it was really, really good. Um, and just kind of uh, floored by how, you know, not that I didn't think, I knew Jordan Peele was talented. I just didn't know he was talented in this way, you yeah. know, um, from his comedy sketch show and everything. So, yeah. but um, yeah, uh, he's a, he's a pretty good storyteller. Um, and so I'm I'm really looking forward to being incredibly freaked out by his new film. I'm really looking forward to Twilight Zone at this point as well. I'm just really yes. Uh, I want I want it already. You know, come on, yes. let's do this thing. So, but it's coming. Up I soon, know. Though. Yeah, it'll it's going to be here before you know it. It's like yeah, we'll be able weeks. to talk about it. Uh, uh, Ella, are you going to watch the Twilight Zone too? Oh, definitely. Maybe we can have a little sidebar um, coming up. And then, of course, <laughs> on our very last show uh, of this, of Discoverage, we'll be able to talk about the premiere of uh, Game of Thrones, too. So we can multitask. We can do all kinds of stuff here. 
There you go. <laughs> well, just a little uh, Trek news. Oh, uh, thanks for joining us tonight, Mika. Just a little Trek news before we yes. get into tonight's episode. Uh, news came out this week that Anson Mount and Rebecca Romaine would not be returning for season three of Discovery. Now, Mount had said at an event in December of last year that he only had a one-season contract but there was a story recently uh, that broke from Deadline that it was pretty much confirmation that we won't be seeing the Enterprise much, if at all, in season three. Uh, what do you think about that, Mika? Were you did you get enough Pike and the Enterprise in this one, or are you looking forward to more adventures with them? Uh, you know, I was really disappointed when I got that news. Um, I I feel kind of let down a little bit. Um, yeah. I I I don't know exactly what they're doing if they only want like. Uh, a captain to stay on for a single season and then we have somebody else in there. Um, I mean, I guess that's one way of keeping it fresh. But... I'm not a Potterhead, but I, I have seen the thing going around that the captaincy <laughs> of the Discovery is like the, uh, the defensive dark arts teacher or whatever. Oh, did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I okay. like that. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty good. So now that we've all um, heard it, uh, no more. You don't have to post that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, I'm kind of bummed that we're not going to see Anson Mount anymore. And like Rebecca Romaine has only been in like one episode. Yeah. So I know they were only signed on for one season, but you can extend those contracts, right? I mean. Yeah, I suppose just... you probably could, but they would have announced by now since they're already in the planning stages for season three. So Ella, um, what do you think? Do you think that we've gotten to see enough of uh, Captain Pike or do you want some more? Um, I mean, like, I'm sad because I love Anson Mount's like dad energy on screen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, you know, I'm not uh, surprised. I know they want to go. They want to go their own way. They want to, yeah. you know, for the most part, kind of stay away from TOS and do their own thing. And so it's like, okay, but like Anson Mount just did such a good job. I think embodying Pike. I think like a lot, like, Almost everybody thought that, and so it's going to be sad for him not to be here anymore. Yeah, I mean, when you think back to the original Pike, a guy like an actor like Jeffrey Hunter, who we saw for such a short time, and yet, either just by the dint of him being this figure, sort of locked in well, a wheelchair, but just locked in in metaphorical ice, or just the stoicness of his portrayal, it was something. It was iconic. You just think of him as Captain Pike, and now picking a guy who's going to play the character for 13 14 hours and then go away um i think that he's lived up to that you know like you guys said i think that we will remember him whether or not we see pike again on screen for another 50 years as um as anson mount as this guy that did a really good job uh portraying that that's what i think that's my eulogy for the character of pike (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about eulogies uh in a second uh let's get on here with the episode we've seen the 10th episode of star trek discovery season two the red angel and we're here to break it down for you and before we start as always we're setting a course for the spoiler zone listeners so be warned we're glad you decided to join us but if you haven't seen the episode spoilers are incoming the official synopsis for the red angel is Burnham is stunned when she learns her ties to Section 31 run deeper than she ever fathomed. Armed with the identity of the Red Angel, the USS Discovery goes to work on its most critical mission to date. This episode was written by Anthony Marinville and Chris Silvestri. Marinville is a researcher for Star Trek Discovery. He's also an actor and a production assistant. And his only previous writing credit is an episode of Monk. 
and his partner in this episode, Chris Silvestri, is a writer's assistant for Discovery and was previously an assistant on the show Hannibal as well, which, of course, was run by Brian Fuller, uh, co-creator of Discovery. This is his first script, his first teleplay. This episode was directed by Hanel Culpepper, who we talked about on a previous episode of this show. She's a veteran TV director. She'll be directing the first two episodes of the Picard series, which, another little bit of news, uh, she confirmed on Twitter that show will not be called Picard, or at least there hasn't been an official announcement. Uh, they're just calling it Picard as shorthand. It's sort of a temporary title. Would you okay. guys be, would you be disappointed if it was called Picard, though? Just simply Picard? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It seems kind of lame. Picard, then? <laughs> <laughs> that would be better. The House of Picard, yeah. Yes, I kind of like that. Uh, well, this is the time when we check in with our theories, and I guess it's probably um, as good a time as any to get started uh, talking about the Red Angel. And we kind of uh, fixed and finalized our theories last week, <laughs> and it went by we so got fast. Roasted. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't even remember what I said. Who cares? Uh, but yes, uh, I don't think any of us had the pick that it turned out to be, which was, of course, the mother of which I, I don't do we even know her name. We know that she's Michael Burnham's mother. I have no idea. She's played by the actress. I don't think we know. No. Yeah. She's played by the actress Sonia Sohn, who is um, known for The Wire and a couple other things. Uh, Ella, have you seen The Wire? No, actually. <clears throat> These millennials. Uh, you gotta, we gotta watch the wire. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to. I'll uh, airmail uh, the DVDs. I'll airmail them to you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the fact that we don't even know her name frustrates me a little bit, and it's always a bit of dirty pool. Uh, and they don't have to play by any rules, but it's always a bit of dirty pool when you make the answer someone that we've never seen. And like it could have been, "Hi, I'm." I'm Bob Fredrickson. And it's like, who's this guy? Like, it's somebody that we never really knew. I feel like there was a bit of a, um, a hint when we started to go in so deep on uh, her parentage uh, when she's talking to Leland and all that. But yeah, that was um, that was something of a surprise. Uh, what do you guys think about that reveal? Well, I have a question. Like, sure. If they kept saying that it matched Michael Burnham's, like biometrics or whatever you know whatever like it like exactly i mean isn't that like your parents like yes you have some of your dna from them but it's just not exact like <laughs> shouldn't she be like half her mother half her father what a great question that is uh ella do you want to crack at it or do you want me to go nuts on it i tell you was like close enough dude i don't <laughs> <laughs> Uh, either Culber is a terrible geneticist, or <laughs> maybe there is something. I mean, we're—I mean, we haven't seen him either. We're fairly certain he has a father, right? So, well, it could be a you know a mitochondrial DNA situation. Maybe it was something could because that's passed down, you know, through the mother. Or maybe Michael is just a clone of her mother, or that's maybe, what I was gonna say. Yeah, or maybe she, maybe. So why did Arium? Okay, we're just gonna. This is all conspiracy tonight, folks. So that that's what you want. So that's what we're doing. Um, <laughs> why did Arium have this uh, genetic scan of Michael? You know, if her parents were building Project Daedalus, maybe they, you know, intended it in some way for her. But the last second, she, um, her mother, took it on instead uh, to protect her daughter. Um, okay. it's so for me, we've, <laughs> we've had one big question answered 
And then a bunch of other questions have been introduced to us. And so I'm assuming those answers will come, hopefully in interesting and satisfying ways. But yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Short answer, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Short answer, yada, 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 sci-fi. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, wacky doodle. <laughs> yes. As uh, Maury Hurley used to say, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, uh, that's who it was. And so what I want to know is, are you going to go my way? And what I really want to know is, will this set up a, I, I don't want to say a conflict because I don't think it has to be a conflict, but do you think that they meant, there's a lot of parentage in this. We've got Sarek, of course, we've got Amanda, you know, a surrogate mother. Are we looking to add to the ranks of parent figures here in this, um, in this meditation? We got daddy, daddy Pike. You know, is that <laughs> is is parentage underlined the 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 point of season two? Oh, I kind of think you're right about that. I mean, look at or random um, Alice in Wonderland quotes. Either way, well, <laughs> I, I I think parentage has really underlined. I mean, look at like Laurel and um, Ash Tyler have a baby well, together. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and. Yeah, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think maybe that's like the underlying the baby head. Yeah, the baby head. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Um, that that's a major theme for this season. I guess. Um, let's let's. Um, I don't know. I'm feeling kind of uh, pokey tonight. So uh, let's. Okay. Uh, let's just kind of comb <laughs> through uh, the episode, sort of bit by bit. We open, of course, uh, with a somber scene. Uh, scene of a funeral on Discovery for Arium. And it, I got this feeling like it was very touching. And I'm glad to see that um, the the crew has bonded, you know, especially after their abusive daddy situation with uh, Jason Isaacs, that they right. really come together to respect each other. But it's sort of like, I wish that I had, like, even Tasha Yar had only been around for a while. But when everybody came out and said, oh, you know, I, I like Tasha for this. She was strong. She was this. I feel like I, you know, I had seen the adventures that made them think that. But this was all sort of like sort of, you know, uh, uh, reverse engineering it to be like, oh, she was such a great friend. Oh, we had tacos all the time. And it's like, yeah, but you guys never I wish the show showed them interacting more. Right. Yeah. Like actually showed Ariam playing games with Tilly and that sort of thing. Yeah. Or just, uh, I don't know, Bryce and Reese playing spring ball in the you know holodeck or something like that. Like, I wish we got a little <laughs> more of that sort of thing. And that really came back over and over again tonight for me just watching this episode. I know that we got an answer to a big question, but I felt like a lot of the episode was sort of restating things and kind of marking time and trying to come up with the worst plan in the universe, which is... <laughs> Try to kill Michael Burnham, so hopefully uh, this thing will show up and we can um, ghost trap it. Do you guys get a Ghostbusters sort of vibe off of the uh, yeah <laughs> the uh -huh. thing? Yeah, it was uh, very Ghostbustery. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of uh, interesting. Um, and through it all, you know, it's just I don't want to jump on um, two screenwriters who are you know just starting off their careers, but. I just felt like it was a lot of talking and a lot of telling and not a lot of showing and transforming and conflict. And part of it might be just that we have 
structured the season to maneuver to this point where we need to have this huge sort of late second act reveal and there's nothing we can do except just spin our wheels and sort of finish off conflicts. But even the first season did this better when they brought everybody back from the mirror universe and you had, you know, you had... um, uh, Stamets having to sort of confront Tyler. You had Burnham having to confront Tyler. Um, you know, you had Cornwell trying to, to you know, d- deal with the fact that, you know, she's lost Mirror Lorca and all that. And then we still have to go to Kronos and, like, figure out this war thing. Like, it was this little pause before the final battle. And this was just, I don't know, I just felt I, I, was, I was left wanting more. I was left wanting all of it. What did you guys think? And let's say Ella, what did you think? <laughs> Um, there was a lot about this episode that I really, really liked, um, but I definitely have some problems with it that I think is probably related to, you know, that the people writing it were a little new to television. Um, but I mean, mostly what bothered me is that it's like, so they think the Red Angel is future michael so they're like okay well we'll kill michael and then she'll have to come back but it's like (laughs) right right. if it is future michael then she knows number one she knows how it's going to play out and also number two like she knows you're not going to actually kill her right right (laughs) and they kind of were like oh but spock like pulled the gun on them and it's like yeah, but if I know one know. thing about Spock, he'll let me die, and we're gonna base it all on that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I mean, if, we know that they're having uh, problems, but I think that there is a mutual respect and love there, and so to pit it against that, and that's really all that Spock is here for at all in this uh, episode. Um, after the whole Talos thing, I'm kind of wondering, like, why did we bring Spock on the show at all? Like, is Sure, there's more to come, but he's just kind of there, you know. He's not really doing anything, and he's after... there so we can love him. Yeah, well, yes, of course. <laughs> but that's kind of all that we're uh, we're doing at this point. Uh, Mika, what you what what'd you think? Um, I thought it was. I, I don't. I don't know why they came up with the plan that they did exactly, and then it's like obviously you're not going to actually kill. Michael because she if she's there in the future you know she wouldn't be able to be there in the future I mean be it a, a paradox so um I I don't know it's it seemed it seemed kind of weird to me and I wasn't sure why Culver was there like maybe he was there to monitor her vitals and run in and rescue her if she needed it except he didn't because Spock didn't let him. Right. So, I mean, everybody in that room was kind of ineffectual because Spock pulled a gun on them. So, I I don't know. It, it just, it seemed like they were, you know, setting the table for this big reveal. And, um, I mean, I, I'm not saying it wasn't a big reveal. It, it was, but I, I, it felt a little anticlimactic to me. What do you guys think about characters who are uh, well, Disney princesses, for instance, who are completely defined by their lack of parents, you know, or the or tragic uh, death of their parents early in their childhood and then bringing them back? Like, what if Martha Wayne turned up to be alive? Like, how would Batman be different? Would he still work? I don't know if he'd 
he'd be as passionate about cleaning up the streets of Gotham if his mom was still alive. He'd only clean up half the streets. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I only hate half of you villains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I, you know, this show has gone through so many changes, you know, behind the scenes. And I'm sure changes in where they want to take it. And so you take something like, you know, Will Riker doesn't get along with his dad. So we can have... One episode where they American Gladiator fight, and then the rest of the time we'll know that he's just kind of emotionally reserved because he's protecting himself because he's had this relationship with his dad. And I, I just always wondered if the whole thing about Michael Burnham's parents would be something we'd ever learn more about, or if it was just a setup that she is somebody... Th- that's how she's dis- displaced. We wanted a character who is passionate and logical, half-human, half-Vulcan like Spock, and do we do that by just you know sn- snuffing her parents? And now that they're bringing them in, um, I don't. I don't think it's bad. I, you know, I don't not like it. Um, but I want to see. It's not something that I've even considered up to this point. And so I'm sure if you go on the internet, you find somebody had. You know, <laughs> somebody had Kamer from the Wire up on the board. I'm sure they're winning big tonight. But <laughs> I, I didn't see that. I don't think anybody even thought that because it was just something that had never been thought of. So as for an out of left field twist, you know, great. But as something that we've never even really considered or, or the show hasn't even explored before. I'm like, okay, all right. Now what, you know? Okay. All right. You, you sold me on the, on the first act. You know, where are we going from here? I right. mean, they're definitely, they seem like they're going really deep into the section 31 stuff for like, still, we're still waiting on the section 31 show. <laughs> Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, they're they're laying the groundwork for that. Yeah, there was a lot of talk tonight where they were making connections sort of in the in the first act or so. And I was like, is all that true? Like did I was I not paying attention in earlier episodes? They're like, <laughs> Okay, so control the squids are controlled in the future and they came back and section thirty was doing this and Arium's got this file, that's the Red Angel thing, and I'm like, Is that oh, okay. Wow, that was I guess I needed that scene because I didn't. I hadn't put all that stuff together. I felt. I still felt more confused about how those uh, things went together. Uh, Mika, have you been able to follow like the the sort of thread so far? Because remember, we this all started with Tignataro. Yeah, yeah. Who has been? She's known for her physical comedy. <laughs> who who has been absent, and I well, miss yeah. her. Yeah. I I wish they had included her more uh, throughout the season. Uh, he was the real red angel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, <laughs> but we get the yeah. scene with everybody, you know, we get our conference room scene and everybody's talking red angel, this 31, that control that it was like a human Twitter thread. Basically. It was just like a bunch of people all throwing these <laughs> plot points at each other. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And I wonder, I just wonder how Michael is like, you know, the idea of like, how, I mean, how are you different if all of a sudden your parent who you thought, was dead for I don't know, maybe around twenty fifteen years is not dead anymore. Yeah, you know, it's and like, how does that affect you? Right, <laughs> right. Will Michael still be Batman? That's what I want. <laughs> uh, you were born on Vulcan. I adopted it. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, you adopted me. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you think about the Section Thirty One? Uh, this is, so I thought this was kind of lame. I guess I don't know where, where else the Red Angels is going to come from, but it was just Section 31 the whole time. Like, that's, their, their pro- uh, project is the Daedalus project, so they've been behind it. 
And they're like, you know what's really great? You know what really takes care of things? What gets stains out? Time travel. Let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why didn't they, like, come clean about this, like, sooner? (laughs) Like, everybody is, like, (laughs) agonizing (laughs) over the writing. Everybody is running all over the universe. I know, right? (laughs) They're investigating things. People are dying. Yeah. Everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> there, so there's a lot of yeah. <laughs> don't uh, There's a lot of questions. So like, why would? And I don't know what else to call her because I don't think. Did, did anybody look up her name? I don't know her name yet, so I'm gonna call her Kima. Uh, why did she save the Church of People in World War Three? Yeah, oh. I don't know. That's a great question. Like, are they? Find- saviors in some way or are they gonna are we gonna like, find help out, save the universe maybe are we gonna find out that well no it doesn't make any sense because they were displaced from earth so none of, none of the crew is their descendants like why would she know about them because it if it was and i'm not saying you know if it was michael it's a predestination thing she would know oh the red angel saved these people so when michael finally gets her red angel powers she can go and save them you know bill and ted style to make sure that they have the keys to get out of the prison um bootstrap situation but um yeah i don't know i think it's weird (laughs) what's that i don't know if there's like a word for like when people talk about time travel and there's like points like events that happen that can't be changed no matter what they are right they call that doctor who you know what i mean i was gonna say (laughs) yes very doctor who but like like the thing with her coming to save Michael, even though it's like her brother strapping her to the chair, like, is that a point in time that just can't be changed? Like it was just time for them to kind of catch her, even though she like, she's part of section 31. Like is the church of people something that just had to, did that just have to happen? (laughs) I don't know. Does and the she... answer is because time? Like... Because time, yeah. Does she live in <laughs> the future? Because I got the impression that she, the the squiddy things or whatever, are coming through in her wake, right? And so yeah. does she live at this point in the future, in the um, angel cave or whatever, and then she's coming out to sort of do things? So that way, like, I don't know, she can look at the time screen or something and go, wait a minute, Michael doesn't die. She died on planet Zipzorp or something. I better go to Zipzorp and she can fly in and, and um, save her. I, I, I don't know. It just, <laughs> I don't think it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I think I think it's time. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's just sort of time. Yeah, answer is because time, yeah. Uh, what do you think? There's a line that slipped by, and I hope that it's not just a little thing, but there was an interesting piece where uh, Leland was telling uh, Burnham about why her parents work for Section 31, and she said that um, they were working on like this theory that, um, that every race um, seems to have these sort of explosive developments of or advancements in technology, and it, it's, it could be tied to something... Um, what did you guys make about make of that? Uh, yeah, I just I, thought. No, or, you go. Or did you guys get that? Oh, no, go, I go ahead. <laughs> I was. I just thought that she was saying like, "Oh no, they have. They would be able to explain that." Because Leland, Leland was like, "These happened because of like interference 
in the time stream. And she was like, mm, no, because aliens didn't build the pyramids right. type answer. But I don't know. Do you? Yeah. That, well, I mean, do you think the show is coming down on and that's a good way to sort of summarize it. Do you think it's coming down on aliens built the pyramids? Like it's I already will be so mad. It's, well, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of honestly I'm kind of mad that her parents work for Section Thirty One. It's like making Peter Parker's parents <laughs> spies. It's like who cares? They're dead. He's got an aunt and uncle. Right. Well, he's got right. an aunt anyway. Um. So, for but they've already dealt with this in something like uh, TNG, where you got the chase, right? Like this race mm-hmm. goes and seeds every world with uh, DNA or whatever it is, and so we're all sort of related. And this sort of seems to suggest an ancient astronauts. Uh, like Ella says, you know, spaceship pyramids, Stargate universe that uh, I didn't know we were living in. I mean, I'm happy it was a surprise, though. Mm-hmm. You know, because we like everyone had all these theories and it's like, OK, the Red Angel is going to be one of like these five people. Like there is no other answer. Like it's, it's going to yeah, be yeah. Michael or Amanda or Mir Michael or Mir Amanda. And like, I'm happy that it was such a like I was like the second I saw uh, her face I was like oh my god it's Michael's mom but yeah. I was so surprised and I'm really happy that I was surprised because if it had actually been Michael <laughs> I would have been like so disappointed <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's so hard to write for these things now because that's all that we do and I do think we need to kind of calm down as a as in a fan base a little bit but <laughs> that's kind of why I thought it could just never be Michael because it just sort of seems to make you know, the quote unquote most sense. Uh, Neelix was the longest bet, but oh, the payoff. It would be worth it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, anybody else have anything that they, I mean, we're not done. I just want to open it up to anything that's gnawing at you still about the episode. Uh, I guess if I were Michael, I'd kind of want to know how her mom is alive still and like what she's. You know, much like Captain Marvel, like, what have you been up to? What have you, have you just been doing Red Angel stuff, like, around sure. the universe? Hey, not every planet I, is a Red Angel. Right. Like, I needed you, Mom. Where were you? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that like, hurt. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I thought you died. So did she, you fake your own death? She or what? one punch back from Leland and then gives it to her mom. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that is a great question. Um. I'm trying to think of something else. I'm sure there's something else in Trek that sort of um, mirrors that in some way. But yeah, that sort of thing of, you know, I had to leave because I had to go help people. I had to, <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of people in a church in World War Three. You don't understand. I'll be back. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but it was, a, it must have been a tough choice, I'm sure. Yeah. And it certainly affected uh, Michael in a lot of ways. Yes, Definitely. I mean, uh, the real question is, yeah. did Sarek and Amanda know? Ooh. Mm. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out when they all go to Sizzler, you know, in the last episode. Together. <laughs> and, uh, wow, what an adventure we had. Um, I got a kind of, uh, uh, Total Recall vibe <laughs> at the end when they were, uh, you know, they were exposing Michael the vacuum and she's like, Aah! she's going full Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um, but that was cool. Uh, and uh, <laughs> why does the facility just, yeah, that you can open these doors so you can, uh, you know, asphyxiate people. It's pretty cool. I know. It's pretty cool. <sighs> 
I, well, okay, all right. Let me give the episode a compliment. Um, I thought the direction was great. <laughs> this show always looks great. I think that we all have our own shows or episodes in terms of like things that we think really work and ones that don't. And I think the Picard show, not called that, but the Picard show is in good hands because this episode um, looked great and it had a real. Um, I don't want to. I don't. This isn't like a damning of faint praise, or maybe it is, but it had a real like clean aesthetic to it. You know, I thought that it was um, well shot. Um, it was very clear. There wasn't anything crazy in terms of moves, but there were some nice um, moves to kind of keep the story going. There was some interesting framing. I thought kind of cinematic framing. You don't usually see on TV. So I'm um, I'm excited to see what Hanel Culpepper does with the Picard show. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, I, I still, yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing where he is and what he's up to and, you know, how he's changed over the years. How much has he changed? Do you think? <laughs> Maybe not a whole lot. I'm, you know, but Picard is the Picard. Yeah. <laughs> that seems uh, like a very Q like answer. You're in a position where, for all of these shows, even the ones set in the past, Cisco could show up. (laughs) He's a prophet now. (laughs) Wow. He could literally. I would love that. That would have been a good Red Angel bet, (laughs) except for the fact that. uh, Can you can you imagine? Avery Brooks wants nothing to do with it, uh, unfortunately. Um, Yeah, that would have been a strong bet. That it's just been his like amazing. beautiful smile. Michael Burnham, <laughs> get up! He's just like, hello. <laughs> uh, anything else? Uh, I, hey, I want the show wants you to know, and I want you to know that people in the regular universe might be gay, but people in the mirror universe <laughs> oh are my God. super everything gay. <laughs> We're just gonna. That was the most uncomfortable scene. <laughs> yes. On television, I've watched in so long. What was happening? Like the only the saving grace of that scene was Tilly at the end going, "What just happened?" Yeah, and just being the audience surrogate. Like, wait, what are we watching? Why is this happening? Yeah, exactly. It's a little, little strange, but I, I do like the fact that they took this time, you know, to mix it up again. They just paired everybody off. So, I, I think that we could have got some uh, more fruit out of these pairings, but, you know, we got Saru and, and Leland get to stare each other down, and we get um, Giorgio and uh, and, and uh, Stamets are, are sort of facing off or working together, and so I like it when, you know, we, we try new pairings and we try to get other people uh, to interact with each other, but yeah, that was just, I didn't know what was going on with that. It was just, it, it, I, I don't know if they knew what they were doing with that. It, it, <laughs> it just seemed very clumsy. I also liked how they're trying to figure out, okay, so this Red Angel is like super, uh, has a sense of uh, self-importance and is dramatic and all this. <laughs> and Spock's like, yeah, yeah, that's Michael Burnham. Yeah, that's her. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, my God. Uh, uh, Spock's like dry humor off the chart in this yeah. episode. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was funny. Uh, I also liked how, or I guess it was um, very sad that the extra indignity in Arium's sort of funeral is that they have to like totally erase her brain because they're afraid that the the malware the Chinese malware is in there still and 
So right. I mean, take a big magnet and just you know rub it over her head, I guess. But it kind of made me wonder why they couldn't. If you can, um, McAfee virus a uh, a th- Section Thirty One ship, couldn't they do that to Arium and then just like reboot her or like like how? Yeah, what I was thinking about that. I was like, mm-hmm. can't don't you think you could just kind of like shock her and she'd like wake up and kind of just be empty? Like- yeah. <laughs> Or, like, lose, she'd definitely have brain damage, but how much brain are we talking here? Because I'm assuming that <laughs> there's some missing already, but um, I don't, I don't want to take away from the uh, the uh, powerful tragedy of her death. I just want to know which uh, recycle bin they have to put her in. Is it the green <laughs> one? Or is it the, oh, come on. This is the kind of joke she was programmed to laugh at. Come on. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's time to laugh again. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so unless you guys have anything else to say, I think I've kind of said... Everything that I want to say, I know that um, I didn't love this episode, but I didn't ever really expect that the episode where they finally, you know, end all this speculation would, it would have been a miracle if it had been really great. Um, But at least we know now, and I'd like to see where we're going from here. Um, What do we think Leland was doing? Like, was it, was it obvious or am I, was I missing something when he was like, talking to the computer and then he got he got uh shivved in the eye i got no idea i i, I have no clue <laughs> i was not gonna I was mention like, it was the I didn't computer know. <laughs> like upset with him or something i don't <laughs> yeah, know like, Shut I, up. <laughs> i'm going to twitter as soon as we're done here um and if any <laughs> listener wants to chime in but i have no no earthly clue what was going on with that so i'm just assuming that there will be a uh a Twitter thread speech uh, in the uh, next episode that'll explain what was going on there. <laughs> Do you think he was dead or was he okay still? He's okay. His I... his eye rolled back into place. <laughs> oh, okay. Because right. sometimes in movies, you know, in TV, like somebody gets hit in the eye and they're dead. But other times it's like, you know, you can get, you can get stabbed in the eye and be okay. I don't want to yeah. try it, but. I, or ask Nick I Fury. Think... Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I think he's okay too. Um, okay. Like he he seemed to still be somewhat moving around. So. Do you think his stock is going up then for him making it to the Giorgio series? Because I had him like, pegged for dead. Like he was, you know, meat. I mean, he could still <laughs> he could yeah, still be yeah, meat by the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. We have like we have like four episodes left now after yeah. this. Yeah. Dead, I mean, one-eyed man walking. Michael kind of promised <laughs> she yeah. would be more violent yeah, towards true. him. So. My goddess, Sonequa's performance in that scene, her, like, the look on her face when she realized that, like, I just, she's so amazing. Yeah. I kind of wonder why he divulged that to her. Like, why yeah, did he feel right? like he needed to share that information with her? He knows he's guilty of that. Was he just trying to relieve his guilt? And is Giorgio now, now it's good guy Giorgio. You know, it's, she's, right. it seems like we're turning her around. When we heard, well, okay, so I can tell you what I thought. When we heard from Leland before, it seemed like he was okay. Then Giorgio frames it as you you killed his parents, and it's like, uh oh, maybe he is the bad guy. And now it seems like they're both people who are haunted by their choices and wish they could have done better. And it's like, okay, um, it's keeping me guessing. Yeah. But yeah, he's dead though. He's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> 
No way that guy's making it out of this season. Uh, well, speaking of the future, speaking of seasons, uh, here's the segment where we look forward in the show. And I guess one big question has been answered who the Red Angel is, unless it's a shapeshifter or hologram face or something like that. But other than that, what do you think is coming up? Uh, I guess we understand what the lights are at this point. I guess we know how Spock is involved. So will there be any more mysteries? And if you can't think of any, what's coming up in season three of Discovery, do you think? No Enterprise. Um, I'm concerned <laughs> that Ash and Michael are going to be a item. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really not here for it. Oh. I don't want it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, didn't we in like the preview for this week, didn't they kiss? And then we didn't see that? Yep. Okay. No. I I'm 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 mad I'm mad about it. Okay. Yeah, well, fair. Uh Yeah, I like, yeah, that. I I like mean... that scene in the turbo lift where he's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm sorry about your friend. She's just like, Yeah, don't do that. We're not doing that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that seems like more about where they are in their relationship than them getting back together. Yeah. Uh, I think that they're going to have a new captain. I, I don't know. I mean, it would be awesome if, if, if it was Saru. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know if they're going to just keep bringing in, like you said, a new defense against the dark arts uh, teacher. <laughs> Um, check but... that's the first thing you do you check the back of the guy's head right right <laughs> okay I know a little bit about Harry Potter I guess <laughs> I have some theories uh, myself about where we'll go in season three um, but I won't bore you guys with it right now we'll definitely talk about it I guess on a future show but yeah um, I'm actually kind of glad to hear that we won't see um, Pike or the Enterprise for the reasons stated because um, I like at this point especially now that we've added like uh, Burnham's mother in I feel like there's enough mythology in Burnham's life and of course by extension the life of Spock and Seraph and Amanda that it's kind of become the um, the well I guess they don't have a last name so the Sarek family show and um, I'm okay I'm okay with that you can do three seasons out of that I think no problem so yeah it seems like there's a lot of drama there that you could mind <laughs> all this family <laughs> drama yes no emotions yeah <laughs> Well, that is just about it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us, listeners. If you like what you hear, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EISTpod for updates and to get notified when new episodes of both Enterprising Individuals and Discoverage are released. We've got a discussion group on Facebook called Enterprising Interlocutions as well. Go check that out. You can go to facebook.com forward slash EISTpod and search for that. Also, while you're on the internet, why not head to your listening platform or podcatcher of choice and subscribe to the show. Give us a rating and a review if you think of it, because it really helps us out. And check out our merch. Uh, I believe until the end of this week, our merch is 30% off right now on TeePublic. You can go to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash just enough trope, all one word. That's our parent network. You can get our snazzy Trekware and phone cases, mugs, anything you want, our art on, uh, we've got. Discovery is going to come back next week, March 28th, for the next episode of Season 2 of Star Trek Discovery. That episode is called Perpetual Infinity, which sounds pretty time travel to me, so we'll have to see what happens then. In the meantime, you can check out our main show, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. 
Every Wednesday, I and a guest discuss in excruciating detail a selected episode from a Star Trek series. We also have news from the Trek Sphere, updates on Star Trek Discovery, and interviews with special guests. Uh, on this week's episode, dropped yesterday, I talk with New York Times bestselling author David R. George, and we talk about the TNG finale, All Good Things, and how it's it's really a distillation of every part of Trek, every good part of Trek, maybe some bad. It's like the perfect TNG episode. And it's maybe, maybe, arguably, the best Trek finale of all time. But you can at me on that one if you want. Uh, you can also find conversations like that, off-topic rants, uh, DS9 and Voyager episode recaps, and more at our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash EISTpod. And our most recent episode of Enterprising Individuals with David George is available at enterprisingindividuals.com or on your podcatcher of choice. Mika, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Where can people find you online? Yeah, uh, justenoughtrope.com or justenoughtrope on Twitter and Facebook. Will there be any talk about the 2008 to 2009 Fox series Terminator, the Sarah Connor Chronicles on your next episode? That's what oh, I Oh, yes. Most definitely. Okay. Uh, it, was a, it was a great series uh, and thoroughly enjoyed it. But to there hear are, more, you'll have to tune in. Dozens of us. Dozens. <laughs> and Ella, thanks as always. Where can people find Generations Geek? At Generations Geek on Twitter and Instagram and GenerationsGeek.com. And I just went to the Harry Potter studios. So we're going to have um, media uh, coming out about that on the Instagram and on the podcast as well. Yeah, yeah. And your Instagram is GenerationsGeek.com as well? Yes. Yes, definitely check that out. They've got some great stuff on their Instagrams. Awesome. That is it for us. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we are signing off. This is Aaron for Mika and Ella saying live long and prosper. Bye.